Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. My name is Adam Beck. I'm your host of the Chronicles, uh, and of course, my day job is executive director here at the Australia New Zealand region with the Smart Cities Council. And today we bring another episode as part of our PropTech project. Um, for those of you that have joined us for earlier episodes, you, you would know that we're unpacking and exploring and diving deep into the world of PropTech and in particular, exploring this idea of PropTech for purpose. And joining me on today's episode uh, is a good friend I've known for quite some time, Jung Ha Cha from Seoul in South Korea. Cha, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you very much, Adam. I, um, I, start our, uh, I start our podcasts, Cha, with uh, allowing our guests to introduce themselves. Can I, so can I ask you the question, who are you and what do you do? Okay. Well, thank you very much for um, allowing me to share um, our experiences in the prop tech space. Um, my background is, well, I'm Korean-American, but I live here in Korea for the last 25 years. Um, the other half of my life, I grew up in um, New York and New Jersey area. Um, my background is finance. I've been in finance for over 20 years, but the last 10 years, 11 years, I've been in the better buildings and smart city space, and recently, including prop tech. Uh, I guess I founded Reimagining Cities as a way to address some of the global challenges of climate change and rapid urbanization. And we think that the uh, acceleration of smart, sustainable communities is a very effective way to address those challenges. That's what we do. Excellent. And um, Cha, over the the many years of experience you you do have, you've been in and out of you know private sector, um, real estate. You also spent a bit of time with the uh, the Green Building Council in Korea. Is that correct? Yes, uh, that's correct. Um, the Green Building Council was actually a, um, a, how do you say, a volunteer position. Mm -hmm. So I was with them for maybe around five years, um, got to um, collaborate with the World Green Building Council as well in the Asia Pacific region. And so let, let's sort of start there and, and build off that. My, my sort of opening question you know, relates to your journey around property and technology and, of course, this what we're calling now this prop tech thing. Um, so un un unpack that journey over sort of the last five or so years that has led you, you know, to, to, the, uh, to the topic of prop tech and, and why and, and how you got there. Well, unpacking over five years, you're going to fill this podcast with a lot of <laughs> But, <laughs> but um, yeah, the journey in PropTech's been pretty exciting. Um, you know, I, I, I hear the words when, where, why, and how. Uh, I, I love those uh, questions in addressing topics. But uh, when I started, I really can't remember. It's like a big blur, you know. Uh, you know that we focus on smart, sustainable communities. And I can't really remember when I started and that's partly because I'm getting old and my memory is not as good as it used to be. But I also think it's converging, you know, smart cities, technology, 
even um, you know, not property technology, but also construction technology. Mm-hmm. Um, where, um, you know, since I'm based in Korea and I am Korean, people uh, kind of peg me as a Korea guy, but we're, we're not very active here in Korea, partially because I think Korea is a, a laggard and we want to um, work in uh, cities around the world that are a little bit ahead of the game so that we can um, serve as benchmarks for the others to um, take a look at and, and learn. Um, why and how is, I think I bumped into this research by Venture Scanner, um, and they are saying that uh, the 12, they define 12 categories of property technology as uh, received over $70 billion of investments into these prop tech companies. And that kind of raised my eyebrows saying, wow, that's a lot of money that's being channeled into investments into prop tech. And um, it's further, um, how should I say, um, supported by the fact that uh, many of the real estate conferences that I speak at, um, the private equity real estate or ULI, Urban Land Institute, MIPIM, they're all beginning to um, you know, take on prop tech as, a, a, as an add-on to their conferences to the real estate community. Um, I guess last but not least, you have uh, the large real estate um, property consulting firms like CBRE, Savills, Colliers, and the likes. And, and they're starting to take an active look into the prop tech space and, and making investments into startups in the area. Cha, there's some beautiful piano music going on in the background there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that, Hold on a sec. That's all right. It's my wife. <laughs> okay sorry about that that no that's all that's all right that's all right we'll we'll keep going um yeah it it, it feels like and i mean i've been a um a sideline spectator uh, with, with prop deck up until recently you know and i feel like it's it's kind of been you know almost just the last 18 months two years that it's really sort of started to come about. Um, what, what I'm kind of fascinated about, and I'd like to get your views on this, is, um, I mean, I, I've been in property for a while, as to have you. Um, the green building movement, which we've both um, been very close to, um, of course, had a, a range of... Um, uh, you know, it has a range of goals, you know, greening our property sector. That's, that's also mm-hmm. evolved into, into well-being over the last sort of five years or so. Yes, but, yes. But, but, but technology's kind of always been there w- with property, you know, whether it be um, yes. you know, d- energy systems like cogeneration, whether it be energy-efficient lighting, you know, we've mm-hmm. had um, water treatment technology um, yes, in our yes. um you know and and also construction techniques right um right right so so technology's always kind of been there with property so so w- what do you what do you sort of see in or what do you see the differences in property technology versus prop tech Does that make sense? Um, are you hearing some sounds? 
Yes, what is that? I'm so sorry what's happening there. Um, okay. Um, I think because I'm on my laptop and there's some other applications. Oh, okay. Put it on mute, then I, I put you on mute as well. But uh, uh, getting back to your um, point on, you know, the technology has always been there. And what's the uh, new thing, right? Yeah, well, you know, property technology versus prop tech. You know, what, what are you, in your mind, what are those sort of differences or how do those, how do those words sort of play, play well, in your mind? Well, in my mind, um, you know, prop tech and property technology, it's, it's really the same. Uh, and there are so many different uh, like pockets of uh, views or um, organizations that kind of define it a little bit differently. You know, prop tech is just a fusion word for property technology, yes? Well, is and, it? Uh, I, I look at it as that way. And mm. there are many ways of, you know, different people, like do we add we work as a prop tech or not? That seems to be a, a discussion that pops up occasionally among, you know, the, the prop tech, um, you know, gurus around the world that, um, you know, I'm linked with them on this WhatsApp group and, you know, they, they, they discuss that once in a while. So as we work with this incredible valuation, is that a prop tech? I look at prop tech as um, similar to the code for smart communities. It's the adoption of technology to help, um, you know, livability, um, uh, you know, making our lives better, right? And mm -hmm. part of that goes into buildings. Part of that goes into cities. Um, I look at PropTech as using technology as to the designing, the building, and operation of properties or the built environment, right? Um, we need that to achieve a net zero carbon com uh, communities or our future, right? Mm. Our long-term goals for 2050 is carbon neutrality. What are we going to do about it? Now, so there are so certain things that you can do, uh, you know, prop tech versus smart cities. Uh, I'm talking about prop tech that goes into the built environment, right? Apartments, offices, shopping centers, you know, things in, in buildings. But smart cities or technology that's uh, related to smart cities would incorporate that plus some other technologies, for example, smart lighting and things, you know, you know, things to um, alleviate uh, mobility is another big um, area of technology that is helping to make our lives better in cities. Mm. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Your, uh, yeah. your, your point about carbon neutrality, Char, I'd, I'd like to pick up on that. Um, I mean, you, you've, you're a very strong advocate for, you know, sustainable property. Um, and you've, you know, you've been in that business for a long time. What do you see in prop tech? I mean, if you're a sustainable property guy, if you're a, you know, a, a, a real deep, um, you know, property for purpose, um, kind of guy, what resonates with prop tech for you? Why are you attracted to prop tech? How does that fit into your agenda for a better future, for more sustainable property sector? Mm -mm. 
Um, a lot of thoughts are going in my mind, but number one, when you say prop tech uh, for purpose, I really like that. I, um, I love it because it gives us purpose. Uh, you know, it's like, why are we doing this in the first place? Now, prop tech and smart cities, there's a big overlap, but I think it's only just now that the prop tech and the smart city space is starting to understand that there is this big overlap. And um, like the prop tech um, community, most of them are interested in areas that I'm not very interested in. It has no relation to the purpose of smart cities, carbon neutrality, things like um, automated valuation. How do you buy and sell properties um, more efficiently? Um, you know, things like that. I'm more interested in the prop tech categories that relate to energy efficiency, um, health and well-being. You know, how do we monitor the indoor air quality and to make sure that it falls within the range of thermal comfort and health? I'm interested in um, people mapping um, without the privacy issues, but that also helps. Um, you know, how do we use our space better? our indoor uh, built environment better and for landlords it kind of links to the money because it's now using that technology for space optimization you know mm. are we, you know people are finding or big users of office space are finding out that they're not using 20 30 percent of their office space so why are we spending all this money to lease all this space that we're not using I um I read a report recently uh, out of the UK around prop tech and where a lot of the VC money is going kind of seems to be in those places that you very briefly referred to valuation leasing selling property a lot a lot quicker yeah. you know lesser amounts going into sort of design and construction processes. Yes. Are, are you? Is does that uh, does that align with what you're seeing, or are you seeing yes. sort of other trends? Um, no, you're uh, right on top of that. Um, I see the same thing, and the the research that I'm also looking at mm, confirm your observations. So a lot of money is going into um, you know those other areas. What I think is there's another trend where um, there are few, fewer number of deals, but larger amounts of money being invested in each company or each deal. Mm. So how I'm seeing that is if a lot of the activity was in the automated valuation and buying and selling and leasing, um, now they're looking at less number of companies in that space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They've kind of found out the ones that they like and they're putting more money behind that so that they can uh, gain scale and trying to grow that company into a much larger disruptive force within the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. Now, as the prop tech community starts to understand, hey, there is this big open playing field called smart sustainable cities over there and they need a lot of technology i'm thinking that it's going to go into the spaces that we are a little bit more interested in and i'm not just waiting to see that i'm i'm actively working with 
you know, prop tech organizations to, you know, identify those areas that we do overlap and thereby giving prop tech a purpose toward smart, sustainable cities. Yeah, you you get to see a lot. I mean, you you travel internationally a lot. You know, you you mentioned uh, MIPM just in in an earlier response. Um, As as sort of... um, from a spectator's perspective, Char, what are you, what are you liking? What you, what you're seeing? What do you like and what you don't like about prop tech? Give, give me a, give me a spectator's view of, 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 of what you're seeing. What's exciting, but what concerns you as well? Let's see. What I like is the fact that the big players, the ultimate users of prop tech, which are the, um, you know, real estate developers, for new construction, real estate funds and investors, they have you know large portfolios of existing buildings. They're no longer um, you know being pitched by prop tech companies. They're they're now actively going out and searching for technology that will help their buildings perform better, to provide better experiences to the tenants and visitors that go in come to their buildings, to make their buildings healthier. So now you have the, the people who are spending the money, they have the budget, they are the clients, and they're actively searching for the solutions. So that's one big change that is great. What I don't like is when you speak with a lot of prop tech companies, they're generally very young and very inexperienced. And the things that they tell me uh, once you start doing some due diligence, they're really, it's a lot of hype and empty words, you know, low hanging fruit. Oh, okay. Um, you know, please give me an example of that. Right. Oh, we save a lot of money. Oh, please give me, Oh, we've done it for lots of clients. Oh, just give me one client that you've worked with that you're very proud to share. And, you know, when you start to get into the details, mm, they're not there yet. Mm. And uh, if we get a little bit too much of that, the the, the older <laughs> real estate guys are going to just brush them off and say, eh, you know, we don't have to go there. So I see a little danger. Um, and this feeling is shared with some of the larger real estate companies, right? And I'm going out to the prop tech companies and say, hey, guys, you know, get some real estate guys or get some financial guys on your team. Get some older guys to serve as your advisor so that they can speak the language of your large target clients, which are the real estate companies. Yeah, because this is a challenging one, isn't it, Char? Because we, we, we kind of need the innovators. Um, in the world and a lot and a lot of them are, are, are brilliant minds um but we do need it to stick don't we i mean we, we we need solid solutions that we can sort of implement now and and scale because even mm-hmm. if we if even if we just use climate right let's mm-hmm. just let's just look at the prop tech agenda through a lens of climate uh i mean we're on the clock you know and um scaling uh some of these great solutions is 
for me, you know, sort of critical. So, so it, it's, it's, it's a challenging one. I, I, I think, um, we, we need, we, we, I'm with you hundred percent, you know, like it's, it's so, you know, you, you gave some thoughts there around startups having sort of, you know, a, a good brains trust around them that have, you know, deep, you know, deep experience in, in, in property. I mean, you know, property is a, a, it's a tough market, right? You know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a culture. Um, it, you know, it comes from a place of construction and, you know, just like we've seen with the green building movement, you know, it's taken us 20 years to sort of, you know, get that culture change going in the property sector. So, um, so it's not the easiest. So, so what, you know, are there other things that come to mind yeah. around how we potentially scale the, the purposeful prop tech sort of opportunities? Mm. Well, um, Number one, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I sometimes get overwhelmed um, at the fact that we're, you know, if we link it to climate change, we don't have much time. And we have the, you know, the smarts and the technologies currently available. We're just not connecting the dots. Mm. Um, how do we scale this faster? Obviously, one of the fastest ways is, um, is regulations and um, changing the laws. I've given up on that. Uh, there are a lot of smart people, you know, advocating um, regulatory changes toward carbon neutrality. So um, I, I don't, I'm not very active in that area. I, on the other hand, spend more time with the, the real estate guys. Mm -hmm. Um investors large portfolio owners they own you know 200 300 500 buildings um for existing stock and then real estate developers for new construction mm. and to these guys you know they may be complex but it's actually very simple they mm. care about money and um you know they make a lot of money they have a lot of money and they make investments to make money and they have, um, you know, a ways of calculating their returns, whether it's, you know, annual cash yields or overall, uh, you know, IRRs or the internal rates of return and risks. And these prop tech solutions, uh, the technology, even green building technologies, you know, um, they're all very, very good, but unless they link it to how they're going to improve the financial performance of real estate, it's going to be hard, mm. right? So that's where we work. And we try to link the cool solutions of even passive design strategies, right? Uh, putting more money in the envelope of buildings so that you can drive down energy loads. So you can have smaller HVAC systems to achieve the same level of thermal comfort using nature to do some of your work, you know, natural ventilation, natural daylighting, things like that. Uh, and most of the real estate guys think green and smart is just more expensive. Mm. Right. But how can we deliver green and smart without overinvesting? Meaning, how can we minimize the increase in construction costs 
so that they can achieve their target investment returns. That's the, that's the key, I think. And that's the message that we work on. You know, for example, uh, um, next week I'll be in uh, Kuala Lumpur speaking at the Smart Cities Conference, but I'm going to meet with a developer, a large developer in KL, then pop over to Manila to meet another large developer. And we're going to have a workshop on exactly that. Mm. The business case of smarter and greener. How do you achieve smarter and greener without over-investing? So on, on the on the greener part of that, char, uh-huh. you know, we've seen, you know, the, the GRESB results, you know, over the last few years. Yes. Give, give us a, a, a lot of confidence that the market is certainly valuing green over non-green in, in particular, uh, in particular sort of um, sectors. Um, yes. Do you think, I mean, here's a, here's a crazy idea, right? Do you think that if we've got systems and frameworks in place to value green in our property, can we not extend that to include the tech? I mean, is, is tech, is tech not, if you view it correctly and you've got the mindset, you know, tech becomes, you know, the, 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 the chili powder you put on the sustainability initiatives. It's, it's the supercharger, you know, it, it, um, it can really play a role in, in, you know, accelerating some of those outcomes. And when, you know, things, things like the internet of things, you know, and how we're seeing that start to proliferate throughout our buildings, it's giving us that, that opportunity to sense our buildings in, you know, near real time, if not in real time and having the, the granularity of that data or whether it be our water or energy consumption, it's, it's got to be, uh, adding, adding more value, I would have thought. I, I, I don't know. What, what do you have any views on that? The, the role in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, technology helping boost that green dividend. Right. Well, first of all, um, I love Gresb. You know, Gr- Global Real Estate Sustainability Benchmark. I collaborate with Ruben um, in Asia Pacific, and uh, you know, it's just absolutely wonderful what they're doing. Um, to get you know trillions of dollars of real estate owners looking toward ESG criteria to enhance the performance of their uh, portfolios, right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> with respect to tech, should that be valued higher? Uh, IoT data, um, and my view is that it's not um, picking up the momentum that it should is because you have not explained the value that uh, to the real estate owners or developers. Yeah, you have data, but data, so what? Mm. You know, uh, so we're talking about how do you convert that data into a useful information, you know, and they talk about data and uh, analytics. So I said, okay, great. So what decision will you help me make better through your data analytics? And that's when the conversation starts to slow down. We need to come up with more examples of how we can provide, you know, value, meaning higher income, reduced operating costs means higher income to 
the uh, to the real estate owners. Mm. Right. I always link it to the money because, uh, you know, it is a it is a motivator. Increased profits, increased valuation of your real estate because it is greener and smarter. It, that motivates them to spend money on the technology. Mm. So g- given that we've been through that with the green building movement, you know, asking the property sector to do better and, you know, we, we've given them the framework and guidance, here it is, and, you know, in the early years they didn't want anything to do with it because it costs more money and they would say to us, you know, there's no, there's no demand for this now. Anyway, you know, 20 years later, it, it's it, the, the market now values it. So, so I just wonder with, with prop tech, um, we're, we're potentially likely to go through a mini version of that, aren't we? As you say, getting, getting the, the, the property developers and owners to want to see the, the, the business case and, and given, you know, oh, DME, you know, the, 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 the regular and rapid rate at which, technology and data solutions changes, you know, like daily. Um, I don't know whether that's going to help or hinder us, but I, uh, history shows us that the property sector is a, is a bit of a, a laggard. It's a slow moving beast. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see these tensions play out with this sort of this tech agenda now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's a laggard because we haven't been able to, you know, from the prop tech space has not been able to provide um, evidence of, you know, increased profitability, I think. Mm. No, the green building movement is, is absolutely wonderful, but I think um, it, it does have areas where it lacks. Um, you know, we have, you know, green building, uh, you know, business case for green building reports. I've I've read a lot of those, and they say increased. You know, you have higher rents, higher occupancies, higher resale values. But when you dive into the actual buildings that they're comparing to come up with those solutions or those conclusions of, you know, higher rents, higher occupancies, higher resale prices. Um, you know, higher productivity, you know, those kind of things. It, 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 it's not enough to, to convince the real estate guys, especially the chief financial officer who makes the money decisions. It's not, a, it doesn't convince them. It hasn't persuaded them. The green building community, you know, you know, you know, uh, celebrates those, uh, great achievements or milestones or uh, conclusions, but the real estate guys are not convinced. Mm. The data points are very scarce, and when you dive into the uh, to the examples, uh, it's it's a little slightly a reach to come up to those conclusions. So, how do we how how do we scale this? I mean, how are we going to do this, Char? How, how do we move prop tech for purpose um, in, in, in some way that makes a difference within a time, within a time frame, you know, that potentially provides us those opportunities of, 
you know, of neg- negating, you know, climate crises and, and those other particularly environmental sort of challenges we've got. Now, I mean, how, how are we going to pull this one off? I know that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you're a big thinker. You're a big, you're a big thinker though. So. <laughs> um, some thoughts that I have and also related to, you know, what we're looking forward to doing in uh, this year and beyond is, um, you know, what you're doing at Smart Cities Council is absolutely fantastic, right? So you've got, you know, collaboration with the cities. So what we need to do is maybe connect the dots of Smart Cities Council or the cities organizations to the PropTech, i.e. MIPIM PropTech or ULI PropTech or Perry PropTech. But have the PropTech actually work with the city so that we can explore uh, and become more aware of this huge overlap of, mm. hey, we're going in the right, you know, same direction. It's mm. PropTech purpose for smart, sustainable cities. Mm. Right? Uh, and I love, you know, your code, the code for smart uh, communities, it says it right there. It's linking technology and data or the information that we need to derive from the data right to achieve you know the three p's of sustainability almost people planet profit Mm. you know you use different words livability or productivity um, connectivity you know these are all similar words that i think is using data prop tech technology uh, in the built environment in our cities to create a better world for ourselves a cleaner mm. world, mm. a carbon neutral world. So mm, getting these uh, global organizations together and collaborating with each other toward a common goal, um, I think that could help accelerate a lot and really focus on you know, more of the money. You know, I've, I've been to conferences, smart cities conferences, real estate conferences. They talk about the business case of smart buildings, business case of green buildings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I have not been to any that impressed me or, uh, you know, I just see greenwashing, talking about green bonds and, you know, climate bonds and things like that. Mm, we need to get more of the financial finance people involved in these conferences, workshops to really make a difference. Mm. Cause I mean, there is a lot of money out there. Um, oh, incredibly that, that, that needs to be parked into really good investments. Um, and that's, yes. that, that's certainly, certainly the opportunity that we, uh, that we have. Um, okay. So, you know, on that point, Adam, right. Mm. And we've been talking about that for years and years and years as, as to how much money's out there looking for good investments. So we got the smart cities and the prop tech people. How many finance people are in those communities to help link to the money? Mm. And I don't think we have that much. No. I'm, I'm like one of the rare ones, I think. Mm. And, I, and, you know, we need more finance people, bankers, um, you know, and it's hard. Um, you know, for me, I'm in this space for um, almost 11 years now. My first two or three years was, wow, 
what a culture shock. I was in finance for over 20 years and I'm starting to learn about green buildings, the Korea Green Building Council, passive design, integrated design process, BIM, clash detection reports, sustainable master planning, U values of, you know, <laughs> envelopes. You know, it's hard to understand, mm. right? And most of the finance guys, um, our attention span is very limited, <laughs> right? Yes. We're very smart on money, but dumb on everything else. And the engineers and architects and, and, and the technologists, they have all the solutions and great, you know, ideas. And they just can't, there is this little language gap, right? They cannot, they are not yet effective in convincing the money to invest in the technologies because it's for their own good. Mm. You know, a lot of the arguments that they um, they put forth is it it's it almost like shooting themselves in the foot. For example, oh, over the long term, right? Uh, it's a good investment. What does that mean? Mm. When we hear when finance guys hear long term, uh, well, we do think long term, but we got to. We also think short term as well. It would be better if you say, "Oh, um, you, the you know we talk um, about paybacks. We don't really think about paybacks. We talk about we think about in, internal rates of return, right?" Um, I saw one report. It says it's a great financial investment, and then when you read into the fine print or into the body of the article, they talk about. Um, you get a 1% return over 25 years. Well, how can the title say that that's a great investment? Would you invest your money in, a, in an investment that gives you 1% return over 25 years? Mm. I don't think you would. I certainly would not. And we're, we're telling the, the big money guys saying that this is a good investment. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I see, a, um, a, you know, erroneous um, re, uh, you know, rationale and, and, and arguments being put forth to these guys. So I can just understand that the real estate guys are, ah, you know, <laughs> it's just going to cost us more money, right? Yeah, I can imagine. So I actually go through Excel spreadsheets trying to look at uh, opportunities where, you know, well, here's an easy one. Um, a challenge to the architects and engineers. Can you design this bu uh, building? Um, you know, this is your base case. It's going to cost $200 million to build. Now, um, use that as a base case. We know how much it costs. Now, can you build that uh, more energy efficient without increasing the construction costs? How much kilowatt hours per square meter per annum can you drive down without increasing the construction cost? Allocate more money to the skin, high performance envelope, and reduce the H the size of the HVAC systems. I mean, they're perfect challenges you think that we could throw at the prop tech sector because they love a challenge like that, right? Well, I think prop tech is, you know, uh, this is more... Um, you know, PropTech would have certain elements or technologies that would help along that design, build, operate spectrum for sure, mm. right? 
But if you ask a prop tech, uh, you know, guys or a community about what I just spoke about, which is actually, you know, passive design and building energy modeling and simulation, uh, they might have a few solutions uh, as part of that, but to put that all together mm -hmm. to, you know, redesign that building, no increase in construction costs, but drive down energy, which means higher income, right? Mm, mm, that's so right. The way you would explain that to the real estate guys is, okay, we're not going to increase your budget, but we're going to increase your income. I think you would have real estate guys line up at the door to say, please, we would like to learn how to do that. Mm. Right. Cha, we've got um, probably got time for a final question here. And I want to ask you to reflect on, you know, what's coming up in 2019. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? What does, uh, what does the rest of the year look like for you? Mm. Well, for us, it's more of the same. Smart, sustainable communities is what mm. we like to focus on. And uh, linking the dots, uh, trying to um, get cross collaboration with city folks like yourselves, Smart mm -hmm. Cities Council, together with the PropTech people, MIPIM PropTech. Uh, in particular, I'm um, collaborating with them more and more and trying to um, do more workshops with real estate companies on large portfolio owners to talk about what prop, what bundle of prop tech technologies can, do you want to adopt and how does that impact your profitability and asset valuation of your real estate portfolio and to meet with developers so that we can help them, um, you know, build smarter and greener without over investing. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that, uh, that goal. I think it's, it sort of really goes to the heart of, um, you know, the, 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 the purpose part of, of what we've been, uh, been talking well, I, about. I need your help. Uh, yeah. Right? Always, always, always ready to help Char. Um, okay. Look, I always come away from conversations with you. Um, very inspired. And I, I really appreciate the time that you've uh, given us on this episode of the Chronicles to sort of share share this podcast idea and, and your journey and experience and um, what you're seeing and, and what you're hoping. So um, a big thank you once again, Char, for, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you very much, Adam. And um, let's keep in touch and I hope we can continue and uh, meet more of the community to, to accelerate prop tech with a purpose. Absolutely. Uh, and for those uh, of our listeners who haven't subscribed to the Smart Cities Chronicles, you can do so uh, on our platforms across uh, Apple iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. You can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com, to find out further information. Uh, this has been another episode uh, of our PropTech project on the Smart Cities Chronicles. Uh, my guest has been Changa Cha, uh, who is um, all things smart and sustainable cities and communities and prop tech and a, and a wealth of knowledge. And uh, we look forward to bringing you again shortly another prop tech for purpose 
podcast episode. But until uh, until next time, uh, have a great week and keep well. <laughs>